0: Welcome to the Ripple Effect Martial Arts Podcast. Hi, everybody. Today, we have Master Kyle Galloway. He is a consummate martial artist, and you'll find out why. He holds a six-degree black belt in the junry tradition of American freestyle taekwondo. He also holds a blue belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, the title of guru in Pekiti, the Tersia Kali Filipino martial art. He also practices Muay Thai, Silat, kickboxing, Japanese jujitsu, and is the owner and founder and head instructor of Success Martial Arts in Louisville, Colorado. I want to mention up front too that his wife, Master Susie Galloway, also known as Mrs. Master G, is featured in the latest Black Belt Magazine doing some super cool sword work. So make sure to check that out. Thanks for being here, Master Galloway. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Can we just start off talking about something that is um, very much on the minds of uh, Colorado communities along the Front Range? The Marshall Fire raged through last December and really hit Louisville very hard. You have brought together a lot of resources to help people in the community who have lost their homes, really lost everything. Can you talk a little bit about how this has impacted the community? Yeah, it's...
1: It was a shock for sure. Our martial arts school was actually in the evacuation zone when the fires were raging. And I would say probably 95-ish percent of our students were in needing to evacuate their homes. So we had a lot of families where the fires got super, super close. And the way that the fires spread out throughout Louisville and Superior there wasn't a lot of rhyme or reason to why some houses burned and some didn't certain of our families that were able to get back into their house and they just were in a lucky spot where the fire surrounded their house but did not burn their their particular street and four of our families actually did lose everything they owned and you know it, it's ongoing but you know even the people that didn't lose everything in the fire. The amount of stress, trauma, and anxiety that we've seen in the kids and the teenagers, you know, it's, it's affected them. Within a few days after the fires, our entire front parent area in our school was completely chock blocked full with clothing. We had collected all kinds of donations from our extended community and helped to set up like these little department stores that have been set up all around Louisville and Superior. You know, after we allowed our families to come in and, you know, kind of go through the clothing that we had and take what they needed,
0: we then took everything else that we had and donated to those places. Your responsibility as the leader of the school is to teach self-defense, to teach uh, weapons training, to teach punches and kicks and blocks and so forth. But How does it come to you that you become a community resource like this? How do you define that role?
1: Yeah. So when I'm talking to a new parent and I'm trying to explain what our martial arts school is, the way that I I will say it to them is that number one, we are a community. That is actually the main reason why Mrs. G and I love doing what we do you know, really utilizing that idea of positive peer pressure, that is always our number one focus is to
0: be a community, a positive community. This last weekend at the Ripple Effect Martial Arts School in Johnstown, you helped lead a board break that served as a fundraiser for students of your schools who had lost so much. Can you just speak a little bit about your experience there or your, your passion for doing that? You know,
1: I love being a part of events like that at other martial arts schools as well as here. I'm a karate nerd, so I love being in those things and so appreciative that the Ripple Effect community was willing to get together and put together that whole scenario in the benefit of our students. You know, and we're already putting the money that was raised to good work. You know, a lot of these kids are struggling with focus in school and you know having emotional outbursts because kids don't have the mental development to be able to really vocalize what they're feeling internally and so one of the best ways to help a child with major trauma like this is with physical
0: movement hinging on the the practice of physical movement in the martial arts I think the first time I ever met you was in 2016, in the fall of 2016, at the Mm. Ripple Effect School in Fort Collins. And you were, as a guest instructor, teaching bow staff technique. And I remember just being floored. Your passion is so evident. And the finesse and the coordination and the power and the skill, generally, of your work with weapons really defined for me the possibilities of physical movement in the martial art?
1: Yeah, so I might get a little geeky on this one. Physical movement is one of the most important things that we are as human beings to be healthy and to develop and grow. One of the things that is being devalued in our society on a constant basis, you know, even within schools, they are downgrading the amount of physical education kids are getting and the number of recesses that they're getting in hopes to cram their brains more with facts to do better on a standardized test. And I I fully love knowledge and learning and believe in all those different types of gaining knowledge. However, physical movement is something that is extremely important as well. You know, one of the stories I like to talk about for explanation of movement is even within trees, uh, there's a really cool book called The Secret Life of Trees. But uh, I don't remember if this study was in there, but there was a, a group that wanted to build like an indoor arboretum, essentially. And they basically created like an indoor greenhouse for trees and they wanted to create the most perfect environment possible. So they actually built this giant greenhouse and, and implanted these trees and stuff and, you know, provided the perfect everything. So perfect nutrients, soil balance, sunlight, all of these different factors. And in all seriousness, these trees should have been thriving with the environment that they created and the trees just kept dying. And they could not for the life of them figure out what was actually causing these trees to die. What they ended up realizing is in creating the perfect environment, they also shielded these trees from natural wind. So they were like, well, maybe that's the one thing missing. And so they ended up creating in the environment or recreating the the sense of natural wind that would actually blow the trees and the wind itself would move the branches and the leaves and everything that way. And as soon as they added that wind, the trees thrived. Living things that we don't typically equate movement to, such as plants and trees, they need movement to actually assist them in living. And what it turned out was That when the wind blows the branches of trees, that actually helps to push the water and the nutrients from its roots up into the leaves and the branches and everywhere else that it needs to go. And without that wind movement, the tree itself didn't have the ability to make the nutrients and everything it needed to live go from its roots up into the areas that needed it. And humans are the exact same way. So bilateral movement is a concept of kind of an, a scientific explanation for what people hear as the mind-body connection. It's a pretty simple statement, and it's basically that anytime you take one hand and move it to the other side of the body, and or in our case, one our leg crosses that center line then we start to activate both hemispheres of the brain so if i'm using my right hand over on this side of my body you know then ultimately you know left hemisphere of the brain is controlling the right hand you know as long as it's staying over on the right side of my body then i'm only using the one side of my brain as soon as my hand crosses over now the right side of the hemisphere of the brain is activated as well as the left side which, in conjunction, starts to really strengthen the corpus callosum, uh, the, the center nerve structure that connects the two hemispheres. It starts to teach the left and the right hemisphere of the brain how to communicate and how to do it well. It strengthens the connections of the neurons. It cleans the old neurons that are there. It starts to create neurogenesis, Just basic martial arts is one of the highest forms of movement you can do to create bilateral movement. It literally does increase the intelligence of people. It does help to really increase the intelligence and the health of the brain. It helps us to purge excess energy. There are so many different things that movement does for us. And I love martial arts. And I I'm a, I love movement in general. Um, the Olympics are happening right now. And I adore watching the Olympics. I I will watch anybody do anything that is a master of their particular art. And, you know, I don't care what sport it is. I mean, if I get a chance to watch a master basket weaver, I will watch that person because I love to watch people do the things that they specialize in and just the mastery of anything in martial arts. uh, The only other thing I know of that is this way is is ballet. Um, where we literally move our body in every possible direction that it it can move in uh, versus, you know, a lot of other sports. They're very specialized. There's a few techniques that you do. There's a few types of movements that you're mastering. But martial arts incorporates every direction, every twist, every turn, every layback, every every height of your kick, every direction the leg can move. I always joke around that we move our body in every way we're, we're allowed to by our body. And then with some styles, we actually move our body in the way it's not supposed to as well. <laughs> Taking jujitsu and stuff, for example, where we're doing arm bars and, and different things of that nature, that there's always something new to do with it.
0: That, that's a great technical explanation of what I've heard anecdotally from parents at tournaments and tests a lot. Where they're watching their kid, who's at say the level of green belt, and for anybody listening, that's approximately one year of training. And they'll say, "I didn't think he or she were coordinated like that." I'm seeing right. coordination happen, and that's from things like pseudo blocks or turns and yeah. that bilateral movement. That's a fascinating story about the the trees. The idea that stress or or impact. So when you're sparring, you get hit tapped something and you feel it, or when you're striking a pad, you're you're hitting a semi-movable object and, and, and trying to move it. Is that part of training too, or what does that teach?
1: Yeah. Human beings are physical animals and, you know, we crave touch and impact. And, uh, you know, there's actually a scientific syndrome or a medical syndrome called failure to thrive, where if a baby isn't nurtured and touched and held and and played with, it'll actually cause that infant to die. There was a study done long, long time ago. Basically, they had two sets of, I I believe they were orphan babies. And in one group, uh, the babies were sung to, they were picked up, they were held. And obviously, they were fed and their diapers were changed. But they were given that human touch. And then the other group was babies that, you know, were given all the necessities they were given. They were fed when they were hungry. They were got their diapers changed when they needed to. And all the necessities were fulfilled, but they were never touched. They were never hugged. They were never held. They were never played with. And the babies in that particular group actually started to die. And again, they had to to cut the, the study short, but, uh, but it's again called failure to thrive. And so when we're deprived of that kind of contact, the, the negative impact that it has on our lives is amazingly devastating within martial arts, like that ability to exercise our negative emotion. One of the things that Mr. G and I do quite a bit along with our martial arts is energy practices, doing meditations and Qigong and, you know, ways of exercising energy in our body. And one of the things I see within those studies is people looking to completely get rid of negative emotions. I was actually talking to one of the families that we, that lost everything in the fire. One of the daughter that trains with us is 15 years old. And she's actually eligible for her third degree black belt in March, but because of the fire, she's actually choosing to postpone until September. And she was just telling me about how much of a, of a lifesaver coming to martial arts class is because there is all these pent up negative emotions from the fire. She's spoken to people and she's done all the traditional things of (laughs) managing her emotions surrounding the fire, but it doesn't exercise all of those things out. And so the thing that has been the most cathartic for her has been coming to class and doing mitt work. And as we're practicing boxing combos and hitting hitting the mitts um, and being able to use controlled aggression through our boxing and taekwondo training and punching bags and mitts and x-ray sheets, it just provides an extra layer of therapeutic action to exercising those negative emotions. And even people that haven't gone through major trauma, like the fires, we experience negative things all the time. We get frustrated with ourselves, you know, and it might not even be negative emotions in your life. It might be that you decided to watch the news for the day. And, you know, it's more important than ever to have multiple ways to exercise those and if you don't have a physical way of doing it then you're never really going to exercise those emotions out when kids are coming in and getting good exercise and getting the chance to punch and kick pads and it gives them that chance to exercise those emotions in a very healthy way
0: thank you for listening to the ripple effect martial arts podcast find episodes and more at RippleEffectMartialArts.com.